I'm glad uh, you guys are back. Welcome back, everybody. We took the week off for Christmas. We hope you had a wonderful holiday with your family. Wait, Greg, damn it. I, Greg, it wasn't Christmas. Yeah. It was Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Dude, no, it's Thank not a big deal. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. We'll just do the intro again. Um, let me just shoot you in the head real quick, okay? Sorry, wait, what? All right, welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Had Hope you had some good times with your families. Welcome back to the Win for Movies podcast. Greg, damn We're it, Greg, here to... hold up, hold up, Greg, real quick, real quick. What, what now? I don't think you caught yourself. Um, you said Win for Movies, not Movies for Win. But don't worry, it's totally not a big deal. I mean, this is how we get the edits so seamless, after all. Um, let me just shoot you in the head real quick, okay? Oh my god, no, not again! Welcome back, everybody, to the Movies for Win podcast. We hope you had a terrific Thanksgiving. And we're here to talk once again about movies for when you've had a tough day at school. So. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, Greg. Real quick. Um, oh, come on. Let me just stop you right there. Um, we don't really go after the the child demo in this. This isn't Ernest Scared Stupid. We're shooting more mm -hmm. for the aging millennial, uh, and most of us are out of all forms of school except those of us pursuing second or third careers in graduate school or restarting our bachelor's degrees. We support you. Um, but, it's very specific. Yeah, no, if you felt alienated by that, don't worry about it. Like, we're just going to fix it real quick. All I have to do is shoot Greg in the head. Oh, my God. All right. We're back, everybody. I'm sorry for all the issues that have been going on, but this is the Movies for Win podcast. We took the week off for Thanksgiving, and this is Movies for Win. You've had a tough day at work. Now, Denny, I'm not going to make any more mistakes, okay? But you got to know, you can't shoot me in the head anymore. I did get a blood trans. I got a blood transfusion with Tom Cruise. Does his so, religion allow for that? My feet levels are lower than they've ever been, thankfully. Congratulations so. on that. I was getting concerned about your feet and levels. I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it was obvious. Okay? It was obvious. Well, Denny, for the low, low price of $2,000, we can take a look for you, too. So, Man. You know, I've always wanted a little bit of Tom Cruise inside me. Well stated. <laughs> ever since I saw that beach volleyball scene in Top Gun. I was like, I want his blood in my body. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. If you haven't figured it out, we finally got the intro down. We are here to talk about movies for when you've had a stressful day at work. And our second installment here is going to be the movie of many titles starring Tom Cruise. Eventually, it's called Edge of Tomorrow. This is Ooh. my pick. Uh, the cover of my Blu-ray copy says Live, Die, Repeat, and then small text, Edge of Tomorrow. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know how people remember this movie being called. But yeah, sometimes all you need is kill. I think that's the book it's based on. Denny. Yes. How are you doing, man? What's up? What's up? I'm, I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um, I've had a pretty chill week. Honestly, I'm, I'm off theme because uh, between having a cold and then taking a couple days off for Thanksgiving, I actually just had an entire week off work. Um, so I, yeah. I have not had a stressful day at work for a minute, and you would not believe how much better I feel. It's almost as though, uh, as a tweet I saw recently, <laughs> I'm starting to think that mandatory work until you die might make people sad. Just when I look at the, <laughs> when I look at the mental health rates of the world, 
starting to think there might be something to that theory. And uh, yeah, man, I'm in a pretty good place. I have had a chill ass week doing pretty much nothing but playing Animal Crossing in my bed, only stopping to go to Thanksgiving dinner with my family, which was very enjoyable. How are you? Nice. Oh, I'm good, man. We love a good Thanksgiving here. Um, I I did work, but I have had a nice little four-day weekend here with a Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, it's been a fantastic time. The weather sucked a lot. It was finally sunny today, though, so we got out a little bit. Took care of some more things. It was a great time. So now it's time to close out the weekend with recording a podcast. Couldn't be happier beautiful beautiful i'm really enjoying our sunday night recording sessions they're they're very zen for me you know like becoming part of my weekly routine i i don't Mm -hmm. plan anything on sunday i kind of make sure all the chores i have to do are out of the way and then i'm just relaxing and chilling waiting for my time with greg to talk about movies which is like my favorite thing to do (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad it's 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 one of my favorite things too I love giving you this little platform, this little oasis of movie chatter. Mm. And yeah, Sundays are the day for it, but Fridays are the day for launching it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. So it's it's been two weeks since we recorded. Uh, what movies have you watched before we get to Edge of Tomorrow? What else have you watched in the meantime since we last spoke? Um, as I've stated, my recent Nintendo Switch purchase has really eaten into my movie watching time, so uh, this might concern you a little bit. Um, in the two weeks since we've recorded an episode, I have only watched three movies, which is a very low figure for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a mental illness that makes you hyper fixated on things, and guess what? I'm hyper fixated on Greg. That's right. Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but I am excited to talk about um, the the three movies I watched. Um, I don't know if we want to save this one because we saw it together or we can start with it. Um, we'll, we'll save it. No, let's go through it now. Let's go yeah. through it right now. Greg, yeah, we'll start off. Greg, yeah. Leah, and Vanessa and I all went to the Alamo Drafthouse Denton to see the menu together. And what a time Woo. it was. Um, you want to you wanna give opening thoughts on the menu? Yeah, sure. I, I had actually kind of thought about doing this movie for like a extra extra installment for an episode we've already done. Oh, yeah. Um, for, the, for the cooking one. I think we could get a... A ton of good conversation about the menu in that in an episode in that format. I think that would be good, and especially like as far as our discussion goes now, you want to say very very little about it because it's the kind of movie yeah. where if like the premise isn't really in the trailer, and so if I told you the premise, like what the central conflict is, that's going to ruin some reveals for you. So maybe maybe it would be best to save an in-depth discussion for an episode where it's like, hey, if you listened to this episode, you know there are spoilers in it, right? Like it's covering the yeah. movie, right? Yeah, I, I'll say if you've seen the trailer, which if you've seen a movie in theaters since maybe like June, you've seen the trailer for this movie. <laughs> you've seen the trailer three times before one movie probably. <laughs> no shit so you kind of get what the movie's about but if you haven't seen the movie it is there's a there's a good deal amount more to it it is absolutely worth watching um this is kind of i wouldn't say super basic like social commentary but like it's social commentary 
in a way with like a really fun narrative but it's like if you're gonna have like a video or i'm sorry a movie just kind of showcasing various societal issues where like the point is like really on the nose you really got to have fun with it like i'm i'm cool with a movie where like the point is very clearly stated like kind of out there in broad daylight but if you can just have a lot of fun with it then there's i I have no issue with it it's kind of like the opposite of uh don't look up which yeah it was the message was very on the nose but it wasn't very fun it was just kind of obnoxious and this is kind of like on the other end of things where like the message is plain and clear but i'm still having a ton of fun with it It just it's fun yeah the movie's fun no, I think uh, sometimes sometimes simplicity works best to just, like, make a simple statement very competently. Like, I, I think of what John Carpenter said about making They Live. Um, basically, he was like, I was so frustrated with capitalism after my experience with studios and making The Thing. And mm-hmm. I know I didn't say anything very deep or very profound, but I just had to say fuck this system <laughs> in a movie <laughs> and that's what i did i it, very very simple messages that are literally written out on billboards in the movie um, so i i think i think there's something to that because i love they live and i love the menu um you know i'd say it's a dark comedy thriller with elements of horror and mm-hmm. Uh, in in the midst of a really good year for new movies and theaters this is probably the the best year of going to the movie theaters I've had in a long time. And this is, this is a standout in, in that pack of really, really strong new movies this year. Um, I had an absolute blast watching it. Like I was the, the, the dark comedy really lands, which I, that's so hard to do because so often dark comedy is just an excuse to do edgelord shit. And that's not what this was. Um, and the thriller elements are, whew, they're there, uh, you know, like, and oh yeah, there were times when I thought they wouldn't stick the landing, and then they totally stuck it. You know, like I was really happy with how they wrapped it all up. It's it's a really yeah. really really strong movie. Um, I know I was getting aversive to it because of just how many times I saw the trailer, and I definitely think. I don't know about you, but I liked this movie so much more than I thought I would based on the trailer. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I really thought I would just think it was like, okay. And kind of interesting. I thought it was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I didn't expect to really have a great time watching it. And I, I absolutely did. I've been telling everybody to go see it. Um, and I hope everyone does. It's really good. It's interesting, the menu. Uh, (laughs) After like a two and a half, three month, just absolute doldrum of boring ass movies being in the theaters, it seems like we're getting a lot of hits right now. And this is kind of the first one we watch. So it was, it was really good to see. Yeah. (sighs) What are the other, what are the other two movies you saw there, bud? So the next one I watched was a Netflix movie, Stutz, S-T-U-T-Z. Um, mm. Mm. Jonah Hill made a documentary about his therapist. Now, I know what you're thinking. That mm. sounds very appealing to therapists, right? 
you're telling me you liked this movie oh, yeah no um, way i i went into it completely cold vanessa just came home from work and was like hey this happened do you want to watch it and i was like oh fuck yeah i'm down for that um my brothers told me they saw the trailer and it was a really big turnoff for them so I, I don't know if i can i can't speak to that i haven't seen the trailer i just watched the movie um i thought it was a really solid movie um i found it to be uh very validating to me as a therapist just because like i i do uh i don't do therapy exactly like they teach it in grad school um and that can be kind of scary to like go out on a limb a lot of the time. And this guy basically says he does therapy exactly like me and Vanessa do it. And I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> but it's a really solid movie. Um, in terms of documentary filmmaking, I think it's, it's really, it's really good in the sense that what I always look for in a documentary is like, did you cover something that hasn't really been covered? Um, did you uh, present the information in an interesting way? And were you doing your best to be unbiased? And what's nice about this is, like, who gives a shit? They're not, like, reporting on fact. It's a subjective experience of, like, this man's life and how he's affected Jonah Hill and Jonah Hill's process. And you get to see a lot of really intimate, vulnerable therapy on camera, which is really rare. And I know that, like, when I was in grad school, I was like... <laughs> Has there been any video documented therapy after 1982? Because <laughs> all the shit we're watching is so fucking old. Um, so I'm sure this will get played in a lot of grad school classes. Um, it's it's very artful, um, at times profound. Um, part of the documentary is that Jonah Hill is like open and honest that he's like, I don't really know what I want this to be. And I've ma been making it for two years and it's taking way longer than I thought. And I'm kind of confused about this whole project. And you can definitely see that because it doesn't really have, like, a central focus. It's just kind of them doing a bunch of therapy stuff and sometimes getting artsy and also making you ask questions about, like, how did they cut this together? Like, what parts of this are authentic? What parts of this are a little bit staged? Um, so, yeah, I guess I'd recommend it definitely if you're a therapist. Um if you are interested in mental health or Jonah Hill, I also think that you would really like this movie and find it very engaging. If none of that applies to you, you can probably skip it. You know, like it's, it's a very, it's a very niche interest, I think. Um, but therapy's cool right now. I think everybody's kind of into therapy all of a sudden, um, really, really turned around the public of perception in about 10 years, the public perception of therapy that is it used to be like, completely something you were ashamed of and you didn't want anyone to know about now everyone's like posting about their therapy sessions on social media which i love <laughs> huge fan um and the last thing i watched was a movie called the vigil um i watched it with uh friends of the show richard michael calzada and albert lou uh richard michael who dressed as rakakuni for my halloween party in what was mm -hmm. easily the greatest costume of the night maybe the greatest costume at any halloween party ever um he'd been really trying to set up a time for us to all watch this movie because he was really really into it um it's a horror movie about someone who left the hasidic jew community um and 
they're kind of trying to rope him back in and they get him to be the uh i'm gonna pronounce it wrong it's spelled s-h-o-m-e-r and i want to say shomer but that's not how they say it in what i'm assuming is yiddish um but uh that's how i say it as someone who speaks neither yiddish nor hebrew um but it's someone who um, sits inside uh, sits inside the house with a dead body and uh, reads prayers, reads psalms uh, to just kind of protect the soul uh, as they get through mm. the night and wait for the coroners to come. Um, it's by the director of Firestarter, um, <laughs> the new one, um, which Richard Michael said okay. that he feels like the first 30 minutes of Firestarter, he could see this director's influence. And then he's like, and then I feel like I can pinpoint exactly where studios started fucking with it. Um, so it's it's uh, it's a bummer if that's the case. Uh, but it's a really low budget movie. And sometimes that really shows. Um, there's a couple of filmmaking aspects and a couple performance and dialogue issues that I, I rolled my eyes at a little bit. I do think the story is strong. I do think it could have been presented a little better. Um, just like, you know, tightening up, you know, tightening up a few things here, putting more emphasis on a few moments there. Um, but I do think it had a very informed take on trauma, mental health, and basically everything it tried to address uh, was addressed very well. Um, my main critique on it was I would say it was good enough and I think there were enough elements at play that this could have been a really, really great movie, maybe with a little more money and a few more eyes on it. Um, but mm. that's my take on The Vigil. Uh, definitely enjoyed watching it. Would probably watch it again, uh, especially if Richard Michael really wanted to. Um, and glad I saw it, but not really something that I thought was amazing either, you know? So if anything, okay. it's like... There were a lot of parts that made me want to give it a failing grade, but the good was good enough to, like, bring it up to passing and just kind of make me look over some of those things, you know? But it's it's barely passing for me. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So that's my movies I've been watching. Greg, what about you? Let me open this. Cheers. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Turning Point Brewery, for the Reverend Green. This is the that's the name of the beer. Nice. All right. We love Turning what? Point Brewery on this podcast. We say their name for free because we love them so much. We do. I mean, that's yeah, totally fair. I'll say their name. For I think free. of them I'm every sure. night when I brush my teeth because one of their cups hmm. is the cup I use for water in my bathroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> from yeah. your birthday party that I got to take home I was with me. Say, <laughs> I know exactly where you got that cup. All right, I watched quite a few movies. I'll try to kind of run through them real quick. We already talked about the menu. I watched uh, the new Apple TV Plus movie, Causeway. Hmm. It is Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. Jennifer Lawrence still getting work. Nice to see. I've always liked her. She's like, she's like not even thirty. Like, how old is she? Like, of yeah, course she's, she was like, she's an Oscar-winning actress. No, but she was like the It Girl, and then she kind of fell off the face of the earth. No, she was she was getting more work than you think. It was just not as publicized, I guess. Did she do a bunch of or, serious dramas that you watched? Uh, off and on. This is one of them. This For me, is... that's a lot like falling off the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, it, Causeway was a pretty good one. It's it's like Apple TV Plus will come out with a new movie every once in a while. You're like, 
oh, like you guys make movies. That's cute. Oh, this one's actually kind of worth watching. Fine, I'll I'll stick around for it. And it was pretty good. Uh, her and Brian Tyree Henry, like them working together, was a combination I didn't think was going to work as well as it did. They were fantastic. Uh, if you do watch it though, it's something that they casually brought up, like you were supposed to know, but. Brian Tyree's Hen Brian Tyree Henry's character has uh, lost a leg. He had a leg amputated after a car accident, okay. and they kind of like bring it up, and like he, you don't really realize he's missing a leg and takes until he takes the prosthetic off, like two thirds of the way. How, how they the hide the leg for the whole movie? I was I was thinking of him in a he's wheelchair. He's wearing pants. Not, like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't thinking of the prosthetic option yeah it's just like he has a limp and he wears pants and you're just like oh he just has a limp yeah. and then like bringing up stuff about losing a leg you're like wait did he we never yeah so yeah they didn't do a good job showing that but they they have a the movie about their relationship is really cool it's a really cool and intimate friendship that i don't know i got emotionally invested with but apple tv plus only coming through every couple years so yeah good for that i thought you were gonna say spirited because everybody's telling me to watch that on apple tv plus right now uh, i'm not gonna tell you to watch that because i don't want to watch that <laughs> <laughs> nobody's told me to watch it so um, i'll i'll wait i think i know more theater kids than you i i know you do <laughs> and, I, and i intend to keep it that way all right the other <laughs> love you guys the other movie I watched, I got pretty international the last couple weeks. So the next movie I watched is a German film, which is a remake of a remake that was made from a book. It was All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, shit. That's a classic. This is the, this is the third iteration of the film. The original came out in 1930, and that was the third ever movie to win Best Picture. Damn. At the Academy Awards. So you didn't watch and... the one I'm thinking of, but also haven't seen. Wait, what? I'm think I'm thinking, thinking of, of the famous American one. Uh, is there's an American one? I think it was a TV movie that came out in the 70s. All right, I the don't one... I don't know shit about this movie, and I don't know why I'm talking. Then. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? What famous one? Uh, it was a it was an older film. I saw the original 1930 movie I, I think me and my dad watched it and i really enjoyed it i remembered a lot about it and if it's such a it does such an incredible job just showcasing how horrible war is and specifically how pointless world war one is it's just like every other war movie you see there's something to be found like the glory and honor mm -hmm. and like the brotherhood and like becoming a hero like when duty calls and there's just none of that here it all feels like just pointless gruesome slaughter world war one was like such an interesting war in like advancements in war technology and stubbornness and lack of advancement for like human reaction to that so mm -hmm. it was just like what if we did this and created this kind of gas what if what if we created automatic machine guns what if we created tanks and all of that worked spectacularly and the result of that was millions of lives were lost and egos just kept throwing bodies at the problem and it's just you really feel that in the movie i think it's fantastic it's told from the german perspective and it's incredibly interesting 
to you. And, You're yeah. kind of selling me on this. It's a real bummer, yeah. but I'm giving a thumbs up. I really liked it. It's like in any movie, it's of course set in World War One, so you're gonna get like the most realistic view of that, and like the guy's teeth are yellow because they don't have like modern dentistry back then yeah. and all that. It's like it's incredibly realistic, and it's just it's pretty long, but it is a very engaging story. It's a classic for a reason. Like they didn't really change much from what I remember about the version from 1930 which was adapted from the book that was like written uh, soon after the war or during the war. I yeah. can't remember. I mean, th that book is quoted in um, like the most pervasive piece of uh, cutting edge trauma literature there is right now. The body keeps the score because um, most people think of Vietnam as like when we discovered PTSD. Nope. We discovered it in world war one. We called it shell shock. We started doing research on it and guess what? The government made it impossible to research because it reflected poorly on the military. Um, so, oh, man. seriously, World War One is like one of the biggest factors and like why there was a sudden demand for therapy because so many people lost people and um, so many people lived through World War One. And uh, I I'm not a military guy. I'm not a war movie guy, but stuff like that piques my interest. I didn't realize that's what All Quiet on the Western Front was. Yeah, it's it's a very personal story and like I guess if you know like the history of that part of the Western Front, like the German um front against France, like if you know those specific battles, those specific lines, like maybe you would get something out of it, but you really don't have to because it's more about the human element of it all. It's mm -hmm. it's it's in, it's incredibly well done. So check it out. I I bet it gets like best international feature at the oscars or at least nominated or something mm -hmm. so it'll show up daniel brule is in it uh um, any relation to uh dr steve no 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 oh, <laughs> there's no sweet berry wine on the western front um, <laughs> daniel brule from inglorious bastards and burnt that guy we love him uh, the other thing I watched, I got, I stayed international. I kept it to Ireland this time, and I watched Banshees of Inisherin. What? Hell yeah, the Banshees of Inisherin, with Brendan Gleeson, Colin Farrell. That title is like eighty percent gibberish. I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think I registered the... that in the text. Oh my god, the Banshees of Inisherin. It is about two uh, Irishmen that are having a little tiff in a little remote island off the coast of Ireland during the course of, I think, the uh, some kind of civil war in early Irish history or 1920s or whatever. Really fucking good. Very dialogue-driven, emotionally immersive, fantastic film. It's from the same director as In Bruges and uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Both movies I've been told to see a lot and would like to. Oh boy. So <laughs> they they went fully back to their Irish roots and it was a ton of fun. It's a really good movie. Um, as funny as it needs to be, as serious as it needs to be, I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic movie. And we were like, we were the youngest people in the theater that day. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, staying international, I watched a Spanish film called O Apostolo, or The Apostle. This is a stop-motion horror movie from Spain. It is uh, from Fernando Cortizo. Apparently, the 
the company that was supposed to distribute the film kind of screwed him over so he he put the movie on youtube and gave like a link and a just like a description of what went on and gave a link to like a gofundme and that kind of thing like a paypal if you like want to support the art and like the film to kind of cover the cost of making this movie it's a really pretty fucking good movie I, i liked it a lot it's um it's it's set in some spanish uh folklore that i'm not familiar with but I was easily invested in watching the movie. So a um, a guy hears about a a stashed treasure in a town on that's on like a pilgrimage route to another to a, another town, and so he's in prison with the guy. They escape prison, kind of go their separate ways, and our main character like goes to the town to try to find the treasure that's supposedly hidden somewhere in the town but the town is pretty cursed so <laughs> stay tuned it's it's good it's on youtube if you just look for the apostle it's like hour 24 horror film uh it just says like the apostle full feature film or something on youtube it's totally there the the director put it there so check it out i Sounds recommend cool it cool as shit from from how you're describing it yeah, uh, s- subtitles are available in Spanish because, like I said, it is from Spain. Um, Which ain't the yeah, kind Denny of Spanish and... they speak here in Tejas. Mm, not quite. Barth- Barcelona and all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we, we've been going for a while here. I'll, I'll hit the last couple real quick. We watched, in theaters, we watched She Said about the uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, sexual assault investigation that the new york times did a few years ago pretty good movie uh i liked it a lot i found it a lot more engrossing than i expected so uh, good good movie and very important story and yesterday uh my wife and i watched the new knives out movie glass onion i want to see it so bad it's really good it's a ton of fun it is coming to netflix in the middle of december so you can wait you can wait for it then because we had to you know get a a couple of tickets to cinemark which i haven't been to in a while and yeah i'm not going to a fucking cinemark to see it i'm sorry you've alienated me from giving you my money (laughs) no (laughs) there was a three or so minute ad for sam's club it's worse than my walmart ad i saw (laughs) It's the same thing. It's as bad as you think it is. It's like it oh. it it plays like it's a movie trailer and it's Kevin Hart in there, but it's just a Sam a Sam's Club commercial. Oh, it's it's horrible. These it, commercials it, do not belong on movie long. screens. They do not belong there. It was a seventeen a seven fifteen p.m. showing, and I looked at my wife's watch. I was like, like once the movie kind of. The movie trailers were wrapping up when the movie was about to start. I was like, what the hell time is it? It was like 7.50. Jesus. It was like 25 minutes of bullshit and Samsung ads and Sam's Club ads. Ugh. And then the movie trailers, which I was, you know, that's fine. And then the movie started. Fucking just why? Jesus. Over 30 minutes of just fluff and just... Like, we got it. We're going to drink Coke. Can we please watch the movie now? <laughs> I have never more actively believed that I was currently living in a dystopian world than than that description of movie trailers. 
Well, just wait for it to go on Netflix, I guess. All right. Um, Juice ain't worth the squeeze. That's going to be a <laughs> stream it at home movie for me. Attaboy. Hmm. So we've talked a lot about all the other stuff we watched, but it's time to decompress from work a little bit, even though we haven't worked in a few days ourselves. <laughs> we are here to discuss Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, All You Need Is Kill, whatever you want to call it. We're here to talk about it. This is a 2014 film that was it. Did you find it streaming anywhere? I think it might only be an Amazon rental, but I do. I watched it on my Blu-ray copy. I believe I rented it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's streaming. Yeah, that sucks. But yeah, it's it's a good one. It's worth the rental. I've fee. got it. Up. It's worth it. It's. I would. Yeah, short pre-review will say it's uh, worth the rental fee. Yeah. Um, but I've got it on Blu-ray. Maybe borrow it or whatever. I'd love to. Watch it with me. I'm always down to watch this movie. Uh, I'll summarize it real quick for us. Uh, we've got Tom Cruise in the leading role. He is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Cage. Aliens have invaded Earth. They have kind of taken over Europe and all of humanity is united as a military force to fight back against the alien invasion. Now, coming up, we've got an attack where we're going to retake Europe. We're going to send every troop we have, every force from every military on Earth, and invade Europe to take back uh, Europe from the aliens and squash this thing once and for all. Now, Tom Cruise, he's more of a PR guy. He's the guy on TV. He just kind of sells people on the war. But uh, the general wants him on the ground. We want him to sell people on the war, so... Tom, we need you on the ground. We need you landing on the beach with the troops. No, he says. And the general says, all right, well, fuck you. I guess we're going to <laughs> um, stun you, drug you, throw you into boot camp and fucking make you fight. So <laughs> suck it. There you go. You're stripped of your rank. You're going to fight no matter what. Tom Cruise meets his group of ragtag fellow soldiers and lands on the beach, fights the aliens, and everyone gets their ass beat and Tom Cruise dies. Now, hold on. That's not the end of the movie. Don't worry. If you're worried, you'll get used to it. <laughs> now, we've lived, we've died, and we're about to repeat here, you see? So Tom Cruise blew up a blue alien, and the blood from that alien got into Tom Cruise's bloodstream, and now every time Tom Cruise dies, the day restarts. Turns out this alien force is of a central mind, a hive mind, and the central mind has the power of time travel and time manipulation. So the alien that Tom Cruise accidentally killed... He absorbed his blood and therefore absorbed the power to control time. So when Tom Cruise dies, as long as he doesn't bleed out, the day will reset. He'll wake up back at boot camp every single day. <sighs> so yeah, Tom Cruise meets up with Emily Blunt, who had a similar thing happen to her. Her powers have worn off, and they're working together day by day to train and figure out and hopefully see visions of where the central nervous system of the alien force is. We finally find it, and stuff happens. Yes. No no spoilers. <laughs> well, there's going to be spoilers. We don't want to promise that. No spoilers in the synopsis. Okay. So, yeah, to give people still time to watch... Um... Greg, what's your relationship with Edge of Live, Die, Repeat? 
all you need is tomorrow. <laughs> um, I remember the the marketing around this thing just being utterly confusing. Yes. I remember this coming out. This is a, yeah, like I said, 2014. I I kind of wanted to see it. And then it was just like headlines of they've changed the name again. And they've trimmed the movie to look like this or whatever. Like, it just seemed like they were never really certain what the movie was actually going to be or what it was going to be called. So I was like, this sounds like a mess. I'm probably just not going to see it. And then it got good reviews and people seemed to like it. And people I'm friends with also agreed and said they really liked it so i picked up the blu-ray uh, i think it was on sale one time and i took it home watched it loved it i thought it was really cool and i've seen it maybe four or five times since then i think this is a very solid movie to just watch at any point in time what about you um yeah that uh that confusing marketing stopped me from watching it for a very long time i saw the trailers and i was like late period tom cruise Seems to be color collected to bring out color corrected to bring out the grays, shaky cam <laughs> action sequences, generic ass title. I'll pass. That's not what I want to watch. Um, and then a couple of years ago, when I was on an annual vacation, I take with friends of the show Troy and Ariel Stewart. Troy suggested that we watch this at our Airbnb, and I was a little apprehensive, but I do trust Troy, and my trust was rewarded. I really, really loved it, way better than I expected. Um, all those things that I thought would bother me totally did not, and uh, then I watched it again last week for this podcast, so I've seen it twice now. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was pretty much everybody's reaction seeing this, is just like, oh, that was good, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't seem like it was going to be, but it was. It had all the makings of like a Suicide Squad where it was just like, oh, the studio's like really reaching in and getting their hands on this. I, I don't know if that's really what was going on, but that's kind of what it felt like is just like, uh, it's just too many hands trying to get at it, trying to make it fit all kinds of different narratives or yeah. whatever, appeal to everybody, but then it, then it just loses its identity yeah. so but it, it made it, it cost a lot to make like it had a really high budget but it met that and exceeded that so it made its money back and then some yeah and every review of it was just like hey this is actually a really good time which is kind of it's, it's kind of crazy that like i don't really feel like a lot of people talk about this movie after the fact no this doesn't really it, it didn't really resonate for it as financially successful as it was and how good i think it is and good as good as people described it as being like the consensus was people were really positive on this but it didn't really seem to have a lasting effect which i think is kind of interesting yeah you know i think it's it's just kind of lost in the shuffle i honestly feel like it came out at a fairly boring time for movies, you know, <laughs> like I don't I don't remember going to see a lot in, you know, 2013 to 2015. Uh, I think I think this came out around the same time as Interstellar. Actually. Oh, that would track. I think that that was also 2014, but I don't know which one came first. Yeah, that's one of the only movies I think I Interstellar from that time period. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. So that one really um carried the torch for like yeah. the sci-fi movie of this era kind of thing yeah early 2010s is kind of a cultural doldrum for me and i wonder if that's true for other people because i just don't see a lot to like be nostalgic about from those like four or five years um 
but uh, for whatever reason this one kind of slipped through the cracks even though apparently everyone saw it <laughs> you know like but yeah i don't know a single person who doesn't like it but they also like i don't know anyone who really brings it up as a movie they like yeah and that's kind of why if i want to get into it now like it's kind of why i picked it for this episode i was gonna ask because i was skeptical yeah it's it's just such a i could be in any mood and if i put this movie on if i like give a hundred percent committed focus to it i'm gonna have a good time if it's kind of on in the background i'm gonna have a good time with it like it's there's so many easily accessible entry points and i don't know i i feel like this is just the perfect amount of baseline solid that you're just like oh this is good i could watch this in any situation and my level of investment is going to be rewarded as high or low as that is. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of people, that's kind of a low level of yeah, investment. And they're like, oh, that was cool. I didn't invest a whole lot into it, but I still got something out of it. And I don't know. I feel like it's it's not super deep or anything like that. It doesn't have a lot to say. It's just, it's just cool. Mm -hmm. Like it's just base level cool. They did what they set out to do. They made a cool sci-fi movie. And I don't know. I feel like that doesn't really inspire any conversations, which is why we're here to talk about it on a podcast, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I said at the end of our Marcel the Shell with Shoes on episode, which was my pick, I was like, apparently based on our picks, Greg and I decompress very differently after a stressful day at work because... When I thought of this movie, I just thought like alien fights, you know, I was like, oh, that's it's it's loud. It's it's jarring. Uh, that's not going to calm me down. Um, but as I watched it, I totally got the appeal. Um, like mm -hmm. I, I the first time I watched it, I was doing, you know, what you said. I was very focused on it. I was I was intently focused and it was great. Um, this time I was sick. Um, I felt like shit. <laughs> I just really wanted to play Animal Crossing, didn't really feel like watching it. So I had my Switch in my hands and this on the TV, and I was just kind of going back and forth between playing my little game and looking up for the good parts. And I was just like, this is nice. Like, this is nice. <laughs> this is really nice to have this on and half pay attention to it. But it's a good enough movie that I could pay full attention to it, and that would be good too um it's, mm -hmm. it's just it's really nice it's a nice movie and i, I think it's just it's just action sci-fi done right like done well it kind of reminds me of you know the king of action sci-fi is arnold schwarzenegger obviously and this seems like the type of movie he would make and yeah i i, I really really enjoyed it and it's just it's just very very competent um and, and engaging and cool and has a fun gimmick that's not done to death. Uh, and they did the gimmick well. Kind of like us. We always do our gimmicks well. We say it every week. We say, do the gimmicks well. Do the gimmicks well. One, two, three. Magical adventures. Best friends forever. We do this every week. Every week before we go on the air. I really like Brendan Gleeson in this movie. <laughs> um, Who's he? Breezing past that. Uh, he was the general. He was also... 
one of the banshees of Inishirin. Mm, yeah. It sounds like they stopped naming that movie on the last word and just kind of trailed off. The banshees of Inishirin. The banshees of Inishirin. The banshees of Inishirin. Some the banshees they, of something something. They they say the name of the movie. It's my favorite instance of somebody a character saying the name of the movie in the movie. It was a terrific time. All right, so back on this, I guess. You like uh, you like that one guy that I didn't know that's also in the Banshees of something something. Mad Eye Moody. Mad Eye. Um, oh yeah, he's great. He's great. I know him. Twenty eight days later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he's he's good as hell in Twenty Eight Days Later. He's in stuff. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say, man, Bill Paxton. Holy shit! He's a blast in this he's a blast in this this was of course a couple years before he passed away and it's just a sci-fi action you know you talk about sci-fi action the guy from aliens really just delivering like a fucking killer performance again uh i thought he was fantastic in this movie really happy to see him just this gristled old sergeant like i had just watched um what did i say like a few weeks ago i watched uh full metal jacket mm -hmm. So military sergeant man was fresh in my mind, and I think he he killed that. Well, and it's it's such a nothing character, right? Like southern hard ass military officer. Okay, mm -hmm. like you know, like that's such a like on paper. Uh, I've seen it a million we've, times. Thing. We've seen it a million times. Yeah, <laughs> and yet he he doesn't even do that much with it. But I think it's just him delivering the performance he delivered kind of breathed some life into that very tired archetype uh there was just something again like the rest of the movie something just kind of nice about it right <laughs> like just it was kind of nice it was kind of nice it was very consistent and you know in a movie where the same day repeats over and <clears throat> over he's given some curveballs and like thrown some new information and his response to it is like okay but I'm going to just kind of stick with what I am. <laughs> and it's a very fun sort of imagining of a character we've seen a bunch of times is where they're like, they're shown something they've never seen before. And their response is leaning harder into the shit that we know they already are. And it just makes it a lot of fun. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was great. I think, I think that's the key. He had fun with it, right? Like you could tell he was having a good time doing this, this stereotype character. Yeah, like if we would all just listen to Tom Cruise in this movie, we could probably save humanity. But it it's also fun to have the hard ass drill sergeant just be like, "Huh, that's crazy. Fuck you, do push ups." Uh <laughs> <laughs> like getting like undeniable evidence that like Tom Cruise is worth listening to, and still just not doing it. Just like well, I, I already pre decided I won't take this guy seriously, so I have to commit to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to put duct tape over his mouth. A hundred percent. Oh, man. I wanted to ask you, where does this rank for you in the category of time loop movies, of which I'm only aware of three? I don't know how many you're aware of. I'm aware of this, Groundhog Day, and Palm Springs. This, Groundhog Day, Palm Springs, Happy Death Day. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've heard it's good. It's... Uh, it's not so um, <laughs> <laughs> i've heard from other horror nerds that it's enjoyable let me rephrase that i feel like i've seen a couple more um i can't i can't really think of them but yeah i i have seen the ones that you're talking about 
if you can because time travel movies in general time travel maybe not time blue oh no i'm specifically saying the gimmick of the same day repeats over and over again. oh yeah time travel I'm, blows the lid off of it to a lot of things with time travel movies something always bothers me where it's like if you do one little tiny thing different all i can think about is that butterfly effect that yeah. that just there's consequences to every single tiny little alteration in the past that you make you're giving me and, anxiety but go on <laughs> but like <laughs> just don't time travel and you'll be fine denny and like back to the future is one of the only movies where like we go back to the past and we change only the specific things. What are you not talking about? Decision. Marty McFly wait, wait, wait. fucks up everything. <laughs> oh, no, 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 like no, no. I know. People. I know. Okay. I know. But I'm saying I don't care. Normally in other time travel movies, if somebody like fucks around so much, I'm just like, well, the future would obviously change. I'm not having fun anymore. Right. Back to the Future is one of the only time travel movies where i see the past getting fucked up to like an ir irreparable manner <laughs> just like the point where like the future can is definitely not going to happen like the characters remember yeah but i don't care like it's so fun that i'm willing to buy into only the big hitting decisions are the ones that are affecting the future and i feel like that's the case for me here where time looping movies where it's the same day over and over of course like you travel back in time this is a big problem with like happy death day whereas like repeating the same day over and over again uh the initial conversation i have at the start of when i wake up if that's a 10 minute long conversation i go outside and things x y and z happen but if i start the day over and it's a two minute conversation how do those exact same things happen? Because the time is different. You spent more time in period A than you did in period B. Why are these things still happening? They're shifted incorrectly. This is one of the few movies where I don't care about that kind of thing. Much in the way that Back to the Future did for me where I'm not thinking about that, that kind of thing as much and just having fun. I don't really care about like the very specifics of if I do thing A, then it's going to affect things further down the chain and completely rewrite the day. Mm -hmm. So that was a very long explanation. I hope it made sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess the real question is above or below Groundhog Day for you? I'd say above. That's a big statement. Why do you say above? That is a big statement. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in a good long while. And that's that's kind of a more m magical element, I guess, on time. Oh, and this yeah. they don't like explain very... it in Groundhog Day. They just are like, this is yeah. happening. No one knows why, and you don't get to find out. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> I feel like with this movie, it answers a lot more of those questions. Mm -hmm. So you're just like more willing to buy into some of the more stuff like, well, we explained it enough to where you could buy into things being a little different over here. Yeah. Where if it's just like, hey, time's looping. Well, great. I have a lot of questions about that. I'm going to try to look for clues. And it seems like really inconsistent the more questions I ask. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie addresses enough things to let you have a kind of 
suspension of disbelief, mm-hmm. I guess. For me, at least. I think the ambiguity is something I really love about Groundhog Day. Um, I will say there's part of me that feels like Edge of Tomorrow did more with the concept than Groundhog Day did. Um, mm-hmm. Groundhog Day is definitely more my speed um, in terms of like the type of movies I like to watch. Um, there's less at stake, I'll say. Well, and I think Groundhog Day said more about the human condition um, than, than Edge of Tomorrow does. And I think I felt so much more when I watched Groundhog Day that I'm still going to rank it higher. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I part of me is like, is that like the nostalgia talking? You know, like, you know, like, is that it was kind of the first one to do this, so it has to be the best, which is definitely not an opinion I hold. I think all the time movies build on concepts that were laid down by their ancestors um, and do more than them and do better than them. And someone had to be the trailblazer, but there was a lot to grow on, you know? But Mm -hmm. I just think Groundhog Day is such a... It did it so well that we had to wait, like... 20 years before you could do another time loop movie because Groundhog Day just was the one movie that did it. Um, mm-hmm. You you couldn't do it, and you still can't do the concept without being compared to Groundhog Day. Here we are 30, 40 years later. When the hell did that come out? I don't know. Yeah, but um, it was early 90s, I think. And yeah, like you're saying, it's just um, Palm Springs is Groundhog Day, but this Edge of Tomorrow is Groundhog Day, but that yeah, yeah, like a different setting. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the obvious comparison. Yeah, I think I've got to rank Groundhog Day higher, but I don't, I don't judge you for ranking Edge of Tomorrow higher just because I'm like, um, I can see a case for that, and part of me thinks that, but not all of me. And I think we both agree Palm Springs is in third. It's great, but these two are better. i i I think i'm there with you that's fine yeah um different perspectives but we still landed on that Mm -hmm. uh conclusion i think (laughs) (laughs) i this is one of the movies i wish i had gone into completely completely blind Mm -hmm. i wish i didn't know it was a time loop movie oh that would have fucked me up (laughs) that would have rocked your shit man yeah because I, I saw trailer after trailer for this one. It was before every YouTube video. It was on during every sporting event. Um, so I knew it was like a time-looping kind of movie because at the time the title was Live, Die, Repeat. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if you just went into this completely blind, you would have seen probably the most insane sci-fi battle scene in film history. Yeah. It's just like, You've seen aliens before. You've seen whatever. Like, name a sci-fi movie with, like, a ragtag bunch of soldiers. You've got your smart mouth and this guy. You've got the um, the oh, the way-too-serious drill sergeant. You've got the guy that wears his armor and no pants on underneath it. Whatever. Like, we've seen this, like, 80s action sci-fi flick squad formation before. And then they go to battle and they all die yeah it's fucking insane like imagine seeing that for the first time and being like all the characters that i'm used to seeing from my fun like sci-fi squad building scenes 
they're all getting picked off one by one. A oh, ship landed yeah. on that guy, and some of them blew up in the drop ship. What the hell is going on? I, and I wish it's just to. it's a cool scene, anyways. Yeah. yeah what? I, I just I wish to. I also wish for that. Now that I'm thinking about it more. It's just a cool scene with like the mech suits are cool as shit. The guns are cool. The aliens are cool. Everything is so fucking cool. Yeah. Like so much. Like I said, I think when you asked me about what I what I thought about this movie in general, it's like it's just such a solid baseline level of cool. Yeah. And that goes from the story, the narrative, the pacing whatever to just like the action scenes and like the set design and costume design and the alien design and the combat and all that it's just it's just got this solid baseline level of cool that i'm just like if i'm not feeling the emotion in a certain scene at least there's a cool ass drop ship or mech suit for me to look at and say oh my god they nailed this yeah oh one of my notes is i've always got time for mech suits because i was watching it like I was like, God, they're just so fucking rad. You know, like, it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. Exactly. It's just, you you don't need to, I don't know. It is just dudes in, like, kind of an exoskeleton suit, but they just did a really good job with a lot of this, I imagine, being practical. It all looked, at least the, the exosuits look pretty practical and all that, just... I don't need an in-depth explanation of all the technology to understand how all of it works. No, it's just like yeah, it's I, it's fine. It's it's a sci-fi world. They have sci-fi stuff. Don't fucking like anyone who has. A where's the safety with that on this? Shut thing. up! Yeah, they've got sci-fi yeah. stuff in this in this universe. Just shut up, nerds. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like just by looking at it, like I can figure out what that thing is supposed to do just by looking at it. Mm -hmm. I understand these. Spinning helicopter blade training robots. I get what they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do, and I'm fully bought into that. So, yeah, it, it was it was well thought out, top to bottom. I, think. I agree. Even though this is just a sci-fi ripoff of Fifty First Dates, <laughs> that's whatever. another time loop movie. Oh shit! Yeah, there was kind of a take on a time loop movie, at least from um, what's her face, um, Renee Zellweger. No, uh, uh, no, uh, 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 the other white woman, Cameron Diaz. Donnie Darko. Cameron What's her Dan name? Rene oh my God, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Oh my God. Oh. 90s, Sorry, Drew. 90s, 90s <laughs> we couldn't think of you. Actors. I love Drew Barrymore. Uh, White woman, big eyes. Uh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> I hate Fifty First Dates. I saw it once in theaters and thought it was fucking trash, and I don't know why people like look back on it so fondly. That movie blows. Well, I saw it one time also, and. No, I just I'd rather watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no offense to Drew Barrymore, but I prefer Emily Blunt, I guess. So we've been full metal bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we've been uh, overwhelmingly positive, and there's a lot to be positive about. I'm wondering if you had any critiques. Um, I think I do. I don't really have the words for it i kind of want you to go ahead if, okay do you have any like kind of negatives i'll kind of i've got i'll probably agree with some of them but i just haven't really thought about them too much i've only got two things that really bug me um a very weak inciting incident um like i was like halfway through the movie and okay. i was like wait why are they making tom cruise do this in the first place <laughs> like <laughs> 
<laughs> like, did I miss that? Did like it just seemed like they didn't really have much of a reason for forcing him into this, and I was right. Like it just to to go to the links that they went to to make him fight on the ground was really poorly fleshed out. They were basically just like. Okay, we've established who you are, and time to start the movie. We're not really going to bridge those things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like we've established who you are, and in a five-minute kind of comedy, comic relief scene, we're going to flip that on its head. We're like, well, we're not really familiar with him right now, so hold on a second. And they don't hold on a second, and they just yeah. keep going. So I, 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 I get that completely. I think the powers that be... I was not convinced that they, like, would have forced him against his will. Again, this person who is, like, only in their good graces and hasn't really done anything to piss them off um, and has behaved like a good boy and sold a fucked up war to the world and done it successfully. <laughs> I can't believe they'd be like, all right, um, we thought of a new cool way to market this war for you to die in it. And he's like, I don't want that. And they're like, well, too fucking bad. Get ready to be drugged, bitch. You're going to die tomorrow. <laughs> like it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> and isn't really a strong, uh, a strong uh, impetus for the whole movie to take place. <laughs> Understandable. And it's like, Hey, we actually selected you, the guy that's famous for being on every television screen across the planet. Yeah. We're going to strip you of your rank and remove your name. Like, no, the world's seen this guy. Yeah. And they're not, even. they know who he is. They're not even publicizing that he's going to fight on the ground. Like they're getting, they're getting nothing out of this. It's like, I think, I, I think they, if he would have played along a little bit better, they would have. But I think it got to the point where he was like so vehemently like against it that they're just like, well, the cat's out of the bag. We got to kind of fuck him up. And like the only place we have to put him is the war. I think if he had actually been like, okay, yeah, I'll stand up. I'll fight for the people. They would have gone through according to the plan they were kind of laying out. But he was so against it. They're, they're just like, we gotta fuck him up a little. Oh shit, well, let's put him in battle. Fuck it. That, that escalation happened in about a minute and a half. Yes, it did. <laughs> so, so I, I could have used a little more breathing room on that. Um, and, you know, or given him something like, uh, they want, like, the, the, like, people who control the military or for whatever reason they have a reason why they want to essentially kill him quietly. Um, you know, like they're, they're trying to kill him and they want to make mm. a war hero out of him and memorialize him or something like that um, to control a narrative. Like, but he did something to piss them off or there's some sort of like geopolitical reason why they have to do this. Uh, they didn't give us any of that. You know, <laughs> like I, I had a lot of trouble yeah. Which, what's funny, though, is I didn't question it till halfway through the movie, so that means they pretty much got away with it. Um, but I was, like, again, halfway in being like, man, they really they really put him through a lot of stress for no real reason. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> they didn't know the invasion was going to be a failure, too, so they didn't count on him dying. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just happened. Yeah. Um, my other critique was this. I think that the introduction of the love story in the middle of the second act really cheapened the movie. 
I thought that the Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt, I didn't think they had any real chemistry. I didn't see them falling for each other. And I was like, you basically just did this to raise the emotional stakes or in an attempt to. But my thing is, this is such an interesting story that I was already invested. You've got so mm -hmm. much going on that I didn't need you to do that. And I can't imagine anyone really did. It seemed like such a lame, generic Hollywood. Oh, and two people have to fall in love because it's a movie. It's not a movie <laughs> unless two people fall in love with each other. Um, and I was just like, man, th th those are the only scenes in the movie that I was like, I could do without this. It's just, it's not, it's not written in a compelling way. It's, it's not organic at all. And it, it just doesn't need to be there. Uh, it doesn't elevate the movie. I think it detracts from it, to be honest. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I kind of get that. And the way they played it was very like, because you have, like I said, it's it's fifty first dates. You have to restart the relationship as if it's her first time meeting him, mm -hmm. and he's like falling for it. That it makes sense that the woman who is like the only one that understands what he's been through, like, like he has to strategically, he has to connect with her every single time this resets. Right. Basically, if he falls for her that kind of makes sense because they're getting to from his perspective getting to know each other in new ways every single time this happens what doesn't make sense is that it keeps working for her because mm -hmm. she seems kind of stoic and cold and the little off-putting is just like the last person this happened with it ended up badly he died so i'm pushing away any sort of idea of like falling in love with a new person and it seems like more often than it should happen, she is kind of falling for him, or it at least feels that way. So it seems a little convenient from a storytelling perspective of like, they almost fall in love and save the world, and then we got to reset. So it feels like that should be happening a lot less often than it does. I know. I agree. I'm just like, guys, I was bought in. You didn't you didn't need to do anything else to to get me to care about this you're you're nailing it you know like you're, you're doing a great job you're fine just focus on what you've got i i was very bought into like the first time he like when he tries to save her from the helicopter and that fails and it's like she dies again and it kind of seems like a last straw for him and he just like starts a new day goes to approach her again for the hundredth time in a row or whatever he's mm -hmm. like you know what i'm just gonna do this shit by myself and when he's just kind of like stone face going through the motions to try to like get to a new level completely without her and just try to forget about her i was emotionally invested in that in that sequence he does glean new information once he finally does that and i think you know that that's really good but mm -hmm. i i was i was pretty bought into his like intentionally trying to emotionally detach from something he was like depending on each new cycle uh his relationship with her yeah and that totally makes sense and i like that take it didn't resonate with me that way when i watched it like i i just okay. 
I, I just didn't buy into their relationship and maybe it's just actors not having chemistry I don't know um, that's that's the other thing I don't I don't think that I don't I don't know how well I buy the two of them even when it's at their at the best <laughs> yeah narrative narratively when it's at the absolute peak I don't know how well I buy it yeah it, it was basically just something I chose to ignore about the movie you know <laughs> like it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like bad enough to like ruin the movie or it's not even that bad no it's no just, definitely not it's just something I was like okay come on speed this up let's wrap it up get back to the fighting aliens mm. you know like yeah you I, like each other huh under- yeah sure understand that you have to do this jesus fucking christ i've seen a movie before i've seen like you know like i yeah i get it you're telling me the two attractive white <laughs> leads in this movie are gonna fall in love with each other somehow what yeah they yeah, are they got there if i were they are if i had their condition I would like if both people in the relationship had the condition and you know, there's no sense of urgency. I would spend about three or four years just ditching that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, the problem is he does try to ditch that shit. He goes to a pub in England and the aliens start attacking that too. Oh, so it's they, they're going to destroy the world if they don't figure this out. I He's like, that. you know what? What if I fuck off to a bar and that's it? And it's like, oh shit, well, the, humanity is doomed to meet its demise. I forgot that they if put I don't that do in some there. shit. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. We got we to gotta see with Tom Cruise. Yeah, there you go. Bases cover tom cruise drank a beer which is how you know it's going to be a good movie just like eyes wide shut is that a thing if tom cruise if tom cruise is drinking a beer it's going to be a good movie is that like a thing people are talking about no it's me oh okay uh, my, um, you, my sample size is two films you clearly haven't seen cocktail i haven't oh uh top gun maverick and top he drinks gun beer in that he one. drinks beer in top gun well, four for four so there you have it well well four for five because cocktail blows okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll be the judge of that i haven't seen all of the uh mission impossibles i haven't seen any mission impossibles we'll test this theory um (laughs) do you have anything else to add i i feel like i've said my piece about edge of tomorrow what about you um my my only other critique is have you seen steven spielberg's film the war of the worlds yes Starring yeah. starring Tom Cruise. I, I saw it a couple times in theaters, and I was a middle schooler, so I liked it. Sorry, everyone. I yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it since. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. I've I don't heard really it sucks. Know. But I liked it. I liked it then. Uh, Tom Cruise dropping grenades into the big bad alien, and then revealing that he has the pins with him. He's done this before, and it was in that movie. So I was a little like okay like it's what maybe 10 years after that movie came out we're gonna do this again for what it's worth i saw that movie two or three times and could have fooled me like they totally got away with it as far as i was concerned because i did not remember that from war of the worlds i just remember uh war of the worlds wanting to kill dakota fanning (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna scream a bunch and suck like oh okay she was annoying Um, in that movie she was so annoying the the crux well the 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 aliens get sick they get the cold and they die that's the end of the movie and the original screenplay or whatever yeah 
radio radio program that made a lot of people commit suicide mm-hmm. back in the 30s or whatever um more on War of the Worlds later. Yeah, we uh, should cover that one. That'd be that'd be a fun episode. We could do a like uh, a series of movies for when you're not sure if it's good because you were young when you saw it. Clunky title, working title, obviously. Mmm. Yeah. That's I'd a good like idea. To explore that. I would like to do that, that series. You watch uh, Equilibrium and all kinds of things. Minority Report stood the test of time. I was worried, but. I haven't watched that at all. Oh, bro, it's good. It's a middle school favorite of mine. Um, weirdly enough, it's really, really good, but uh, Tom Cruise does not drink a beer. Oh. Uh, but it's good. It's... There's holes in my theory. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe he does it real quick and I forgot about it. Well, he is... He's probably in the background. He drinks liquor a lot. He's very sad about some stuff in that movie. He does oh, drink in it. I d- I did forget a movie that I also mm. watched this week. I watched Collateral. Oh, okay. Okay. Where I, I was, you know, with Tom Cruise being such a good guy in this movie, I wanted to see Tom Cruise be a bad guy in a, in a Michael Mann film. <laughs> um, it was very Michael Mann. So I don't think he, he but definitely it knows what it is. In that movie it's though. definitely a little it, bit Michael Mann. <laughs> oh, man. Collateral was fine, but it was like, man, there's some music choices that are like oh this was made in 2004 for sure <laughs> i haven't seen it i don't know anything about it it's pretty good all right jamie fox um what's uh what's his face bruce banner help the um Hulk. um ed norton I, uh, I know who it is <laughs> i know who it is i'm not saying it mark You're madden with mark me. madden Ah, oh, fuck off. Ruffles have ridges. Lou Ferrigno. Ruffles, Ruffles. Lou Ferrigno. Mark uh, Ruffalo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Uh, I don't have any final thoughts on Edge of Tomorrow. Cool. Let's just jump into gimmicks. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Our gimmick of the week, really gimmick of the series, is... Your mm-hmm. greatest achievement in work-life balance to be congruent with the Marcel the Shell episode. Greg, what's your gimmick of the week? My favorite achievement in work-life balance is Bill Cage, Tom Cruise, doing every last fucking thing possible to avoid doing his job, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> a.k.a. the military. Like Everything he could have could have possibly done to avoid combat in any capacity he really tried his best (laughs) great gimmick great gimmick um mine's a real life life balance (laughs) (laughs) uh the links that man went through to get out of a day at work (laughs) talk about Mm -hmm. playing hooky um mine was uh in a similar vein it was uh Emily Blunt never storing any memories of the previous day at work. That's the way to do it, people. Just as soon as you're home, delete it from your brain and go back tomorrow like you've never well, done it before. That's that's the thing, man. She lost that looping ability. Mm-hmm. They gave her a blood transfusion, so she doesn't remember it. Yeah. That's, yeah, she oh. can't. It's not that she's intentionally doing it. She just can't because she yeah. lost that she lost the power no yeah i know but it's just that like i I didn't i was making a joke okay i was saying 
from Tom Cruise's Everything's perspective. Everything's serious to me. From Tom Cruise's perspective, she never remembers their previous day at work together, is all I was saying. You don't remember this? <laughs> every, <laughs> day, every day, walking up to the same one, be like, who are you again? <laughs> you should do that to a co-worker and try to convince them they're living the same day on hey. repeat. I had a good time with you last night. Sorry, do I... Do I know you? <laughs> I saw a tweet one time that was like, if you ever want to feel like it a sucks badass. Sucks you died yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, what you say? If you ever want to feel like a badass, just rush up to someone and be like, trust me, I've been living this day over and over for a thousand years. Come with me right now. <laughs> See if you can get them to buy it. Okay. <laughs> if that happened to you, you'd be like, okay. And <laughs> I would go the other direction. Oh, dude, sure. I would roll those dice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm very trepidatious. I'm scared of stuff. You seem like the type. All right. <laughs> and I'm adventurous. Like I, I I any 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 opportunity I have to believe the world's a little more whimsical, I'm not in a situation where I can turn that down, Greg. I've got to at least investigate the option. Uh, you are very whimsical. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm I know I am. <laughs> Danny I know I am. <laughs> Danny, what's your favorite line from <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow? Um, I'm going to go with Bill Paxton's. Uh, Tom Cruise says, uh, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say. And he goes, no, I will not. <laughs> it just leaves Fuck! it awkwardly. Did we pick the same one? Yes, we did. We picked the same one! <laughs> I love when Dude. that happens. Dude, I am personally a fan i was like freaking out but uh, i fucking love it i fucking love it man Hell it's yeah. so good uh i'll give a nick i'll give a runner-up to full metal bitch <laughs> that's a spray pretty... painted on on the side of the bus and it's a nickname for emily blunt's character but it's one that's like no one can actually repeat yeah it's i i love it i thought that was pretty but badass i thought it was cool she had complete control over it but yeah just i i can't remember he's if he says no i will not or no i'm not oh i don't remember i think he says i think he says no i'm not I'll he says you. sarge you're not going to believe what i have to tell you no i'm not god it's so good <laughs> it, it, it's 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 fucking perfect it's just shutting down the conversation yeah. like we described his character was doing is just like no i will not he just doesn't he doesn't put too much flourish on it it's just this perfect little no i'm not <laughs> moving on it's, it's, <laughs> there's just nothing you could possibly say that could convince me of anything other than what i already believe and i'm firm in that <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like... no no matter what you say next it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't register to him. Yeah. He's saying, fuck you. Don't talk anymore. I don't care. Yes. It's so fucking good. <laughs> yes. There's no comma. There's no lingering doubt. It's just, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, sir. Oh, I'm, it's so great. I'm glad we Rest picked in the peace, same one, Yeah. I'm surprised we did, honestly. That was such like a... Such a niche thing, <laughs> but we're... <laughs> I think we're one of the few pretty niche together the, at this point, bro. I think so. It's it's one of the few lines that's only said once. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Uh, that's funny. 
Maybe that's why it stands <sighs> out. I did. I did like um, him saying, "Are you an American?" No, sir. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> uh, some good shit there. <laughs> Science Hill or whatever. Um, don't know. Then never asked. Your... <laughs> don't care. Never asked. Yeah, or never asked. There's don't like care. it's. That's what it is. It seems like there's bonding, but there's not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. What's your uh, Critiker score for Edge of Tomorrow? I gave this one a 40 out of 50, which is a very solid, good movie. Um, I don't really nice. have much else to say about that. You know, like, just really good. Four out of five, four stars. Very nice. Um, I gave it, mathematically, just like a, a touch over you. I gave it a 33 out of 40. Nice. 33 out of 40 is slightly above an 8 out of 10, slightly above a 4 out of 5. Mm um yeah like i said at the top this is why i picked it it's just i can watch this movie at any time i can jump in at any point and i'm going to be absolutely all about whatever i'm watching mm -hmm. i think this is a very fun movie if you want to think like way too deeply about it and you can poke holes in the plot for sure and there we do have some genuine critiques of it that i think you know any suspension of disbelief even that couldn't like prevent the issues we have from it mm -hmm. but if you're really trying to dive deep and poke holes in the plot you're kind of missing the point this is just it's a perfect balance of fun cool and just interesting and just like eye grabbing attention grabbing sci-fi action that it's just hard to really hate on it so yeah I gave it a 33. I think that, yeah, I, I, what I said, I already said my piece, I guess it's just, it's just a fun movie. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, well, I guess that wraps it up. I'm not used to not doing the last gimmick, but we got to wait till next week for that. Uh, which next week yeah. is the audience pick. Uh, we're going to be doing a poll on facebook like the boomers we are uh for for what we're gonna pick for our final movie in this series uh we've been taking some suggestions greg and i still have to discuss poll options but i can tell you this i can guarantee fellowship of the ring and the goonies are going on the poll um god damn right uh, by the time by the time this episode drops i think the poll will be done oh yeah definitely and we should have a winner i hope it's the fellowship of the ring because i will watch the extended version Dude, for it fellowship because, is yeah. taking it and yes we're doing the extended version bilbo baggins do not take me for a conjurer of deep cheap dvds um <laughs> <laughs> i got box set special editions in my house part of me is like do we even want to do the poll or do we just want to go with fellowship because it's going to win the poll and Dude, this could be a four this could be a four um episode series yeah so if fellowship doesn't win we could still do it because this is our podcast fuck everyone we're in control <laughs> here <laughs> we you think you have power you don't have power no the one ring you don't has have power. the one ring <laughs> okay we'll do the poll nine were given to the audience uh, <laughs> But they were all of them deceived for another poll option was made. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't realize how Sauron-like we are until now. Um, 
so oh, we'll man. we'll do the poll as a courtesy to the audience um, to give them the illusion of control. But if, if Fellowship doesn't win, this is a four part <laughs> series. How about that? Goddamn right. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Then we'll start doing some Christmas shit after that. Probably we haven't talked about it, but yeah, probably so. We'll figure it out then. <laughs> that's that's a later problem. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been a good ass week. Ass week. Um, ass week. Man. I've missed doing this. We we had we've had two weeks of hiatus in the month of November, and it just hasn't been the same. I'm glad we're back. Oh, me too. Uh, hopefully, I'll have less things I watch since then. But <laughs> you know, two week breaks, I'm gonna watch some fucking movies. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I, I'm going through weird stuff mental health wise, but I just I haven't been craving movies like I normally do. I st I still love them, but I've yeah. just. I haven't had that. I want to come home from work and watch a movie right now. You know, like uh, it's, it's weird for me. I'm going through a lot of changes in my life right now. We're going to log off of here and I'll probably go watch a movie in bed. But if it was totally up to me, I would absolutely be playing God of War. Nice. So <laughs> video games are a big thing that i've also been doing in the last couple of weeks yeah. so i'm gonna watch wrestling while vanessa plays animal crossing so i've got a good night coming up. oh hell yeah yeah hell yeah brother brother hope she makes a nice five-star village for you guys oh we're already at four you're welcome for that by the way world um I, that's not five <laughs> i hey four stars in like three weeks I don't always put in the legwork, but when I do, it's for an imaginary <laughs> island covered in furniture. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> That's all it is. <sighs> all right, Denny. <sighs> we've, we've done it, man. We've done it. We've looped time. We've destroyed the central nervous system. I'm just going to need one last loop, one rest, last refresher of the catchphrase. For Greg work, the leg work Johnson. For Greg work, the leg work Johnson. Uh-huh. For Greg work, the leg work Johnson. Uh-oh. For Greg work, the leg work Johnson. I'm going to have to shoot Denny. For Greg the work, the leg work Johnson. For Greg Work, the Leg Work Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, <laughs> and this has been Movies for When. We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my cage again? Again, again, again. <laughs>